Hello, my name is Vance Need, and welcome to episode 11 of The PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe is going to speak with other pastors, professors, and ministry leaders from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, The PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of those topics that are being discussed and we'll dive in a little bit deeper. In our last episode, we took a look at some dispensational distinctives, mainly the three people groups. And we're going to continue that this week by looking at the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. So let's do this thing. So before we jump in too deeply on scripture, I want to tell you just a brief memory of mine, actually learning about these kingdoms for the first time. I was in Discipleship 2 at, at, at Midtown Baptist Temple, and Eric Phillips was teaching. And I remember that he was going on about the importance of the kingdoms. And guys, I just, I could not care less. I know that's that's not what you're supposed to say, but I just, I didn't understand what the whole purpose was. It seemed like a neat study that I was never going to do. And oh, how wrong I was. Understanding the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is going to be paramount to understanding your entire Bible. Now, here's a principle that I live my life by, and maybe it, it, it might help you out. And it's a simple phrase, which is words mean things. Words mean things. And as it turns out, the words heaven and God, they don't mean the same thing. There are two different words. So when we're talking about the words kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, one of the first indications that these two things are different is simply the fact that the words are different. And let's not forget how important words are. If I can call your attention to Psalm 12, 6 and 7, it says this, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So what does this mean? This means that the individual words that God has chosen in the book that he has authored, that could have been, I don't know how many millions of miles long, but he, but he chose to edit it pretty tightly, that the individual words that he has chosen, they matter. And so with that understanding, let's go ahead and take a few minutes to just compare the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God using the words of the Bible and referencing scripture. So I'm going to give us a working definition of these two kingdoms, and we'll start off with the kingdom of heaven, which we'll define like this. A physical kingdom ruled by Jesus Christ and composed of literal, physical people in a natural, tangible world. Now, another way to help us remember this is that heaven is a place and the kingdom of heaven, therefore, is physical in nature. Now, one thing that we have to take note of, and this is incredibly important, is that the phrase kingdom of heaven in your King James Bible is found 33 times in 32 verses exclusively in the book of Matthew. Now, some of you may be asking, why is that important that it that it's found just in the book of Matthew? Well, each of the four Gospels gives us a slightly different viewpoint at Jesus Christ, his life and his work, but it's also written for slightly different audiences. 
And the Gospel of Matthew is written for a Jewish audience to present Christ as the Messiah, the King of the Jews. So simply by the placement of the phrase kingdom of heaven, this should give us insight as to whom this particular kingdom applies. Now to further see this in action, let's go ahead and take a look at the book of Acts, the very first chapter and the first seven verses, which say this. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostle whom he had chosen. Now listen to this, verse 3 to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now this is very, very important. Jesus is teaching his disciples for forty days, and he's speaking to them about the kingdom of God. Very specific. In verse 4 it continues, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Again, listen very carefully in verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And listen to the response. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Now, it would be very, very easy for us to simply think that after 40 days of being taught by the resurrected Savior that, oh man, these disciples are just being big idiots again and just not listening. That's not the case at all. Jesus taught about the kingdom of God, but they know very specifically what they're asking. They're asking about restoring the kingdom to Israel, which is the kingdom of heaven. And the response that Jesus gives is it's not time for them to know. And we know from a dispensational perspective, that's because Jesus is still wanting to make a valid offer of the kingdom of heaven to the nation of Israel through Stephen in chapter 7. So here we see scriptural evidence. The disciples are very aware of the differences between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. They're not dummies. They know exactly what they were taught, and they also know exactly what they were asking. If we were to continue to look at different scriptural descriptions of the kingdom of heaven, one of the most definitive ones can be found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. And the reason why the kingdom of heaven can be described this way is because it is an actual, literal, physical place that has and will be contested for as long as God made a specific promise to a specific people. So let's take a little bit of time to compare that with the kingdom of God. Again, I have a working definition, which is this. A spiritual kingdom ruled by Jesus Christ and is composed of spiritual beings made in the image of God. So another way to remember this very easily for your brain, especially if this is a new concept, is that God is a spirit and the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. Now, there are a couple of key things that we can see simply by observing scriptural depictions of the kingdom of God. We'll start in Romans 4, 17. 
For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, something physical, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It is intangible. 1 Corinthians 15.50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood, again physical, cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Luke 17, 20 through 21 says, And when he demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. You're not going to see it with your eyes. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. John 3 Verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, a spiritual birth, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So over and over and over again, we see that this is not a physical kingdom. It's not a piece of land. It's not exclusively promised to the nation of Israel, but rather it's intangible. It's in you and it's entered into by a spiritual birth. This cannot be the same as the kingdom of heaven. This has to be something different. So how do we make this practical? Why should we make such a big deal about a distinction between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? Well, partly we talked about God does, which, guys, that should be reason enough. <laughs> if God thinks that two things aren't the same, well, doggone it, they're not the same, all right? So that's the first one, because God said so. But the second is, is pretty important as well. And just a quick reminder, remember that for those of us living in the church age, Paul is our apostle. He's the apostle to the Gentiles. He's the one that let know what the mystery of the church age was. And I want you to listen to what it says about Paul in Acts chapter 28, verses 30 through 31. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. If you are a blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ and Paul is your apostle and Paul is preaching the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of heaven, then what kingdom do you think that you ought to be preaching? Those that call themselves Christians have been called to preach about the spiritual kingdom of God, the one that is entered into by a spiritual birth, namely believing on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a propitiation for our sin. So as always, I want to thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the PS Plus. If you have questions about the Living Faith Bible Institute, you can go to lfbi.org to find out more information. If you're curious about some of the concepts we've been talking about and, and, and some of the specific hermeneutics that we've been using in order to understand our Bible, then a great book has been out for a while from Living Faith Books called The Keys to Bible Study by Pastor Mark Trotter. I highly recommend that you pick that book up. 
And while you're doing that, make sure to be praying for Pastor Mark Trotter. He's been experiencing a myriad of health issues. He is a mighty man of God that has given so much to our Bible Institute and to our fellowship of churches. So if you can, please keep him in your prayers. I hope that this episode was edifying and I hope to talk to you next time. Take care. Thank you.